0: Good morning, family. It's a privilege and an honor to be here and to share God's Word with you. I'm very, very excited about it. We're going to jump right into the Word. We're going to read from Genesis chapter 13, verse 1 to 18. Genesis chapter 13, verse 1 to 18. I'm going to read from the NIV UK version. Just a quick background. This is a story of Abraham and Lot. What has happened up to this point, we know for the fact that God had called Abraham to come out and he called him to come out so that he can show him a place where he needs to go. And so Abraham is, is, is following what the Lord is saying. He's engaged in this thing of what God is saying to him. But then you will read as we go along that something has just happened to take place and this is where things change. This is where things changed completely because Abram, as he was called by God, he took along someone. And that person's name is Lot, his nephew. And so we're gonna read how this story unfolds and then we will unpack it together. Verse one, buckle up as we're gonna read a few verses together. So Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev with his wife and everything he had, and Lord went with him. Underline that phrase, Lord went with him. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. From the Negev he went from place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai where his tent had been earlier and where he had first built an altar. There, Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot, who was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, but the land could not support them while they stayed together. For their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. And quarreling arose between Abram's Hesman, and Lot. The Canaanites and the Perizzites were also living in the land at that time. So Abram said to Lot, Let's not have any quarreling between you and me, or between your heads, man, and mine, for we are close relatives. Is not the whole land before you. Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Lord looked around and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan towards Zohar was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So, Lord chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out towards the east. The two men parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan while Lord lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Now, the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. The Lord said to Abram after Lord had parted from him Look around where you are, to the north and south, to the east, and west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go, walk through the length and breadth of the land for I am giving it to you. So Abram went to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron where he pitched his tents there he built an altar to the Lord. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I wanna thank you for your word. Your word is truth, your word is life, Father. And as we unpack your word this morning, Lord, I pray that our hearts would be ready. Our hearts would be like a, like a fertile soil, Lord, that receives the seed from you, that receives the, 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 the water from you, Lord. And that, Lord, we can produce fruit 30, 60, 100 fold unto your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Just wanna get my equipment here. We've just read the story of Abram and Lot and how they contested and how they quarreled. But I have a question to share with you this morning before we jump in to this. And the question is this. What kind of a person are you? There are three kinds of people. Which one are you? The first person is this. The first first person is somebody who is confrontational. The second person is somebody who is defensive. And the third person is somebody who is quiet, or they withdraw when they engage with a difficult situation, and they experience difficulty in circumstances, or perhaps they have experienced some failure, and these people all respond differently. So the title of my message this morning is this, Facing Up to Life's Challenges. Facing Up to Life's Challenges. You see, all of us will experience challenges in our daily lives. It will be in three folds. It will be personal failure, the challenge. There will be, perhaps, situations where we are losing control of things and we don't have control over certain things, and circumstances come our way and we experience hardship and we can't do anything about And these are the circumstances that we experience. So it's personal failure, it's in circumstances, and another form that we experience failure or difficulty, it's sometimes through people. Whether it's friends or loved ones like family, we experience all these challenges. So all these three challenges are gonna all happen to us. For as long as you live here on Earth, these challenges are gonna face you, the challenge, the challenge is this, is that when they come your way, you have to choose how you respond. You and I have to choose how we respond. In the story we just read earlier around Abram and Lot, they all had acquired quite a lot of stock. The Bible tells us Abram had silver and gold. They were all super rich, all sorted, but they were in one place. But if you start off with the story, you will see that the Bible highlights that Lot went with him. Lot went with Abram. But the promise was not for Lot. The promise and the call was only to Abram. And Abram was the one called, but then he tagged along and he took with him Lot. And then the quarreling started because of he took somebody who was not supposed to be with him on the journey. And so this was the story of them quarreling and having this fight about who's going to leave where and, and where they're going to go. All those things became an issue. But like a good story, the story of Abraham and Lot is layered like an onion, or should I say layered like a cabbage? It has all these layers, and in these layers, we learn some things from this story, and we wanna unpack this. We wanna open this up this morning because this is so crucial for us as believers in the Lord and working with the Lord to know this, to know how we can apply ourselves when disappointments personally in our lives take place, how we must respond when we are experiencing hardships, circumstances, how we must respond when we are engaging with people and they've disappointed us or let us down. And this is so crucial for us to understand and to be able to apply. So this morning I'm gonna raise four main points from this. Four main points on how to face up to life's challenges. The first point is facing up to failure. We have to learn how to face up to failure. The second one is that we need to know how to face up to friction. When we are in quarrel with others and we are engaging with them and it's not easy and it's not nice, how do we engage? What does the word of God require of us? The third point I would like to speak about this morning will be about facing up to facts. When the facts are real and the facts are there, how do we face up to them? And the third, the fourth point I would like to highlight after the third one is facing up to fortune. Facing up to fortune. Because we read that when this happened and Lord left Abram, God said to Abram, Here is the land. North, east, west, south. I'm gonna give it all to you. Actually do a prophetic action and start walking this length and the width of this land because it's all gonna be yours. Only then did it happen. And so I wanna start up with my first point and the point is facing up to failure. Facing up to failure. How do we face up to failure? It's very difficult when we face up to failure. When things were planned and we had a vision and we wanted to execute something and some things don't go right and we battle to get through or Something doesn't happen well. I remember when I was studying my theology, we did a subject called um, Civilization Reformation or something like that. They only had dates on there of some theologians in 1842 and everything else. And then I wrote that subject, and then I failed that subject. Don't worry, I had a plan on how I was supposed to pass this. I had to memorize this dates and these historians and these theologians, and it was tough to do so because I had failed. But for all of us, somewhere in our lives, we will miss it, isn't it? For all of us, we will fail at something. And so when we fail, the Bible tells us about this thing called the Kairos moment. When we are on our path somewhere, there is a Kairos moment that takes place. A Kairos moment is a moment in time that requires crucial action a moment in time that requires Crucial action you were going somewhere. I was going to finish my theology get it all done and thought that and then I failed. What do I do do I stop there? do I camp there? do I drop out and say I can't do it and So I would like to introduce to you the Kairos moment or the Kairos circle and in the circle you will see a pattern of how we must deal with matters when we experience this kairos moment. It's a tool that we can use in our daily lives whenever we experience a kairos moment. When we experience failure, a couple of things need to happen on both sides. In this case, Abram had lost it because he had failed to understand that God had only called him. But Abram took Lot with him, and sometimes... We take burdens with us, we take people with us that God didn't say we must go with. And we carry them around and we go and as the more we walk around with them, the heavier it gets, and it gets heavier. That person that you went into the business deal with, it was not the right person because of God didn't say you must do it with him when you were engaging with a family member on some matter and you wanted to do it with them and you wanted something to work out and it didn't work out, you are carrying things. It's burdens that we have on our backs. And every time we can't get to what God has destined for us because we carry these burdens. We carry people, we carry situations with us. But perhaps God is saying to you this morning, lay it down. Put it down. Some people cannot go with you where God has called you to go. Some people cannot share in your destiny. And it's okay because God has something else for them. And he has something else for you. The key for us is to learn what is God saying to us at all times. And to know what to do with that which he said to us. And so it's so crucial for us to understand this. Because we keep on carrying things that we are not supposed to carry. I would like to encourage you, if it's you, lay it down. You see, Abram and Lot had to part ways. God's fulfillment and promise upon the life of Abram wouldn't have taken place if he was still walking around with Lot. Some things will never take place in our lives until we let down what God says we must leave behind. And so in this cycle, we experience a couple of things. The first one we experience is observe. We must observe what is going on here. What is happening here? And I think Abraham, when I look at him, I think he was confrontational. He went straight on and confronted me. He said, listen, dude, this is not going to work. Let's part ways. He confronted the situation. So we must observe what is God saying to me right here, right now. The second thing that we must always remember is to reflect. We have to reflect on the situation. When I didn't do well with my subject, I had to reflect and say, hey, what what did I miss out on? What did I get wrong? You have to reflect. And I like that other one that comes afterwards, discuss. Most of us, we discuss the matter and then we leave it there. And it's not good to just discuss it and you leave it there. You have to discuss and come up with a plan. You have to discuss it and come up with a plan. How am I gonna move from this point onwards? Then we must account, we must give accountability somewhere, we must share it with somebody, or we must put timelines and flags and say, this is when and how I'm gonna execute, this is my target, this is where I need to go. And then the last one, we must act. And only then we can get back to our road and continue with our plan. And just for the record, I did pass my subject. <laughs> Even if it was just my daughter's score. But it's so crucial for us to have a plan and to act on it because the Lord has given us wisdom to acknowledge. You see, sometimes when you just go through life and you tip and you fall and you keep on going without doing this process, you will find yourself on a, trend, on a treadmill. You are running, but you're going nowhere, slowly. And so it's so crucial for us to understand that when personal failure hits us, this is a tool we can apply in our lives. We can use in our lives to help us to know where we find ourselves. Then we can grow from there. The second point I would like to highlight is not only must we face up to failure, but we must also face up to friction. You see, Abraham had to face up this quarrel that he had with the herdsmen and him and Lot. He had to face it. It was a big friction and it was not nice. Sometimes there are situations that are difficult, they are not nice but we have to confront them. But sometimes when we confront the situations, and especially when it's with people, we lose out on how it can be applied so that it's easier for us to engage with others. How we have to seek to understand the other person. How we have to seek to see it from their point of view. But then, just like with everybody else, We all have three circles of people. Three circles of people. The first group of people that you'll have to engage with or you engage with every single day, you're just not aware yet, but perhaps after this morning, you will be aware of these people. The first circle of people is your comrades. Now, I just wanna give a clarity there that the word comrades doesn't belong to the ANC. It's in the dictionary, very important. And so it's so crucial for us to understand this, that comrades are people that are in your circle, but they are only against, they are for what you are against. Whatever you are against, they are also against it. These are comrades, are for what you are against. All they want is is to be against something, and you, they come around you only when they, they have to do something to, to, to come against. These are comrades. It's not my definition. <laughs> because it's so important to know these kinds of people, the people that are in your circle and to know who you're engaging with. To be able to change heads because you're in the right you're in the right place for that head. And so you have comrades. They are for what you are against. Then there's a second group of people. We call them constituents. Constituents. Constituents are for you and they are only there for what you can do for them. They are only your friends because of when you go out for coffee and and when you have lunch, you know, you are the one paying every time. (laughs) They, They never pay your offer to do that. They just want what you have. They want to be associated with you maybe because of your status or because of your work or maybe because of your nice house. I know somebody who stays in that estate. They are my friends, constituents. These are the people that are for what you can do for them. They are not for you. They are not for you. And in the story, we read that actually Lot, he was only there for what Abraham can do for him. He was there for the benefits. So be aware of such people in your circle. Then there's a third circle, and this is a circle of the confidants. Oh, let me tell you now, there aren't a lot of people like that in this world. One or two people maximum. You are blessed if you have people like that, people that can speak into your life. These people are for you and also for who you are. These people are for you and for who you are. They have their their prayers towards you. They they want to see you succeed. They want to see you do well, but they will also confront you. They're not scared of your position. They're not scared of their reputation. They will tell you when you're missing it. These people are very important, and you cannot have 10 confidants. Because not everybody else must have your ear. Not everybody else must have your ear. Maybe the question this morning is, who's got your ear? Because depending on who's got your ear, that's how you execute things, how you approach life. It's very crucial to understand that. So we have confidence, and confidence are very good when we have them in our lives. And so this is how we deal with friction. Friction that comes from others. Friction that we feel when we engage with others and it's not a pleasant situation. Is that we need to know who is in the room. Who is this person? And what head must you put on? I don't wanna share my confidence confident stuff with everyone. Don't go around sharing your deep things and things, thoughts of your heart with everyone else. But you need to have somebody that you do it with. Amen. Then the third point is this. Not only failure and friction, but also we have to face up to facts. We have to face up to facts. The facts are there for all to see. The facts are the fact that you cannot just go about and do Anything that you want and you think you're going to be fine, the, the facts were, were, were there for them to understand with Lord and Abram. The stock is too much. We have to come up with a plan. What do we do? Do we separate? Where do we go? And these are the facts. And God starts giving the word to Abram after Lord has, has, has left um, the, 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 the area. And he says to Abram, I will make your descendants numerous like the dust. There will be so many. And all these promises, this land that he's going to give to him, these were the facts. God was affirming Abram. And reemphasizing the vision that God had about about him. And so these were the facts that he had to face. But us today, when we live here, for example, in South Africa, in Pretoria East, we experience some challenges, isn't it? In our nation, we experience a lot of things where we, we feel this is, these are the facts and there's almost little that we can do about sometimes. And so for that, I had put the third circle and I want us to look at it together. And the first thing that we see on this circle where there are facts, shared with us, is that we need to understand that sometimes we have control, but sometimes we don't have control. There are some things that you have control on, and there are some things that you don't have control of. And it becomes very difficult when that happens to you, and you have this control, but it's limited. And sometimes you don't have anything you can do about it. This control, it's out of your hand. I'll give you an example. I can't do much, maybe there's somebody here who can help. I can't do much about the interest rate. It's out of my control. Maybe you are here, please, let's chat afterwards. Can control it now. Reduce it somehow interest rate is real there's no control how about the energy availability factor i mean i have no control whatsoever on that and these things are real in our lives isn't it they affect all of us somewhere somehow and so we have this control but then there's limited there's limited control and there's limit in what we can do. Then there is this circle, and there's a circle of influence. The circle of influence. Now we can do something about it, you know. I can't control the energy availability factor-ish, but I can get some lights in the house. Other people now recently are putting up the solar systems and backup batteries, there's something you can do, there's some influence. You can do something about it. You want to grow in that. You want to grow in your influence, in the things you can bring change. And so these are crucial for us to understand because sometimes we want to control things that are out of our control. And it frustrates us and it leaves us so depressed because we can't do anything about it. And then the last circle is a circle of concern. Circle of concern. This circle of concern, you avoid focusing there. (laughs) Because in that place, very, very little you can do. Almost no control whatsoever. You can't do anything about it. And it becomes so much frustration when you cannot do much about it. So as we continue to engage with this word, we can see a pattern here. And these are the three things I mentioned earlier. It's the fact that we have to be able to face up to challenges in three phases. And that is one, our personal failure, our personal engagement. And then that is two, who we associate ourselves with is crucial. Who is in the room with you? And then the third one is circumstances. What circumstances can change and what circumstances you can't change. If you understand that, then it's a tool you can apply, you can use every day of your life and be able to engage with those challenges that come up. I have a question that I want to ask this morning. And the question is this. What is What is the situation that you've ever faced and felt inadequate? What is the situation that you've ever faced and felt inadequate? Like you don't fit in, like you you cannot understand what's happening and you don't know how you got it wrong. What is that situation? And perhaps you get a picture of something that comes to mind or in heart, but I wanna encourage you this morning. No matter what challenge, whether it's with people, whether it's with circumstances, whether it's with situations that are out of your control, God remains the same. Yesterday, today, and forevermore, we can put our trust in him. You see, all these things we're talking about, they're just tools. But God, the spirit of God in us, is the one that can enable us to live and to live lives that are worthy of the call upon our lives. And so for each one of us, when we miss it, when we don't get it right, always call upon the name of the Lord. Always reach out to him. Because no matter what, he is there with you. No matter what, he is for you. But the question is, will you call upon him? Will you cry out to him? In your failures, in situations where you can't control, can you call upon the name of the Lord? You see, everything out there in this world screams at us. Do it yourself. You can figure it out. You can make it. Come on. And if you can't, you feel like a total failure. But with God, is not like that. He loves to take us by the hand. And he wants to walk with each one of us. You see, he took Abraham after that quarrel and that issue, and he walked with him. And if you read the history, you will see Abraham never took anyone with him on the journey that God had called him to. And this is a lesson for all of us this morning. To apply in our lives and to remember that no matter what, God is with us. And God is for us. And our failures and our shortfalls must not dictate and define who we are. Only God defines who we are. In Jesus' name. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna take this time and read with you John chapter 16, verse 33. John chapter 16 is going to come up on the screen. This is what it says. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Our God has overcome the world. Whether it's people, circumstances, or situations, it doesn't matter. He has overcome. If he lives in you, and his spirit is in you, you will overcome. You shall overcome, because it's in him that we are able to do so. I would like to invite you to please stand and let's pray. When we walk with God, it's always a journey, a journey that he calls us to an adventure, that we walk with him. And all of these things that I've mentioned today, these are real life situations. I don't know your story, but God does know it. And this morning, I want us to take a moment, all of us, whatever that it is, if it's in fortune, it's fine, because in fortune, that's when he was blessed, but in your walk with him, what is it that you wanna bring to him? What is it that you need to put down, and perhaps you've been carrying for some time, and perhaps it's not supposed to be with you anymore, and you wanna put it down? The Lord wants you to put it down, Put it down at the cross and leave it with him. May we stretch out our hands and let's pray. Father, I want to thank you, Lord. You know your children, your people, Father. Lord, you know each one. I pray, Father, Lord, that as they put out their hands and as they let go and give to you their failures, their circumstances that are not in their control, Father, in situations and people they cannot... Move with, Lord. I pray that you would help your people. I pray, Father Lord, that you would carry them. Remind them that you are with them. I pray, Father Lord, that you will set them free from all the burdens that they are not supposed to carry. That, Lord, they would lay them down before you. Thank you, Father Lord, that you have died so that we can be set free. And free indeed. Free from the life of sin. And free, Lord, from doing our own things, our own way. We thank you, Father Lord, for that in Jesus' name. Father, Lord, I pray for your children, Lord, that you will bless the work of their hands, that, Lord, you will multiply them, Father, that, Father, as they step into different rooms in different arenas, that your light will step in with them, that they will shine, Father, Lord, and I pray your peace that surpasses all understanding to dwell in their hearts, that they would be the salt, Lord, of this world. Father, Lord, I thank you that they are the light bearers in our nation, Father, In Jesus' name, bless them, Father, I ask. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, If you would like to come for prayer, there will be pastors here. Remember the Connect Lounge if you are visiting with us. Thank you so much. Have a blessed week. And see you next time. Amen.